0: You can get something really, really compelling if you understand exactly who you're talking to and exactly who you're communicating to. That your story doesn't have to be a hero's journey. It can just be a really smart person who is an expert in your area that hundreds, maybe thousands of listeners will want to hear from.
1: This is the Pod On Podcast. We're your host, TJ Bonaventura. That's me. And Julian
2: Lewis. That's me. As founders of a podcast media company, we had to start a
1: podcast. So join us each episode as we and our guests drop knowledge on podcasting for you, the curious and scrappy podcaster. Welcome back to another episode of the Pod On Podcast. As always, I'm TJ Bonaventura, co-founder of StudioPod. I'm with my other co-founder here, Julian Lewis. Julian, say hi. What's up, y'all? We're excited for this episode. We are very excited for this episode. Our guest today is Jack Buer. I'm very excited about this because Jack and I have worked on a couple different projects over the last 12 months, and we are going to be working on some more projects upcoming. So, Jack, go ahead and say hello, and why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself?
0: Sure. Thanks for having me, TJ and Julian. As you said, you know, you and I have uh, been lucky enough to work with you and on uh, a couple of different things, and um, been to your studio. and I'm excited to be here.
1: Thanks. I kind of want to just jump right into it, right? Like you named a couple different mediums of which you have written for. Specifically, going into podcasting, how have you seen the industry in B two B marketing and content marketing? Rise over the past few years. Have you seen that there's been a need and a desire to create podcasts?
0: Yes, we're starting to hear a lot more companies interested in translating their their written work. You know the the, the written content that they do, sort of see that translated into podcasts. We've had some you know interested in video stuff as well. Mult- multimedia is is something that companies are are starting to come around to, and specifically with podcasting, we're getting asked about that a lot. And we're, you know, we're working on, on more podcasts and, you know, therefore it's a, it's a a new product that we're, that we're able to offer.
2: And I guess in that vein, as people are asking more and more about podcasts, are there certain other mediums that they had done religiously before that you would say as a low hanging fruit? you should start with this and try to convert it into a podcast. And for full disclosure, we always say to our clients, never read something that's been written as a podcast, but translating it. But I'd love to understand if there are specific written pieces of content that you think easier translate to podcasting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We focus, uh, I don't wanna say exclusively, but we have a very heavy bent towards interview-driven content, written content, almost a journalistic approach. And I mean, that's what you and I are doing right now. Literally, is 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 like a we're in a, a very journalistic situation. I'm I'm answering questions that you're asking in hopes of getting information from me. You know, and so we write. You know, when I, when I say that we work on eBooks and microsites and blog series, almost all of those are interview driven. So that could mean we're talking to thought leaders inside a company who are experts in their segment or or their product and you know, they're, you know, they're positioned as, you know, thought leaders or experts. We could also be talking to customers that are the CMO of a company that is the customer of the company that we're working with, because they know that that person has a great story to tell or, you know, what have you. But it's very, it's sitting down asking questions about, you know, whether it's uh, their life, we're talking about their, their career arc, it could be talking about the, their journey since they started at the company they're with now and this and sort of this great heroic hero's journey of, you know, how they took the company from X to Y in two years, things like that. Interview based content translates into this format that, that, you know, podcast very well. And in fact, I mean, it it can be, you know, it can be multi-platform too, right? I mean, you're in the interview that you do for a written piece can also be used for a small mini podcast. I mean, and we're, we're doing that now with a, with a couple of different customers where the, the interview ends up being used in two or three different channels.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about that translation process, right? Because it's one thing to, you know, create a really compelling like article or blog or microsite that tells a story of a hero's journey, who started a company that brought it to, you know, a billion dollars in revenue, right? Like, but, with this you have to deal with people's personalities and you as a writer could do a very good job of making someone sound interesting in the written form but it's another thing to make them sound interesting audibly when you're dealing with podcasting you have to deal with this person actually being you know audibly heard as a guest and that can create challenges around storytelling because they may not be the most compelling personality so as a writer who's working with an audible medium what can you do or what do you think about when creating, you know, a narrative around that sort of challenge?
0: Sometimes you have to get creative and some episodes are going to warrant more liberal use of the device that is the narrator. I mean, and and it's happened. I mean, it, it has definitely happened where the company that you're working with on the podcast is excited to get, you know, a certain guest and, you know, you show up for the interview and it's a dud. You know, I mean, you 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 have to. That's when you have to punt, you know, and figure out. Okay, well, this is not going to be as interview driven. The narrator is going to carry the load on this one, and then we'll, you know, we'll let the let the the guest have a few, you know, like cue up, tee up their their best four or five lines, and kind of lead the listener to that to that point. But yeah, you you're not going to bat a thousand, you know, when it when it comes to somebody being, uh, a good audible guest, as opposed to just a, a a good solid interview for a written piece. Um, and that's where, you know, that's where your that writer muscle has to kick in and you you, and you can't rely on, on the great oratory skills of, of the, of the guest of the, of the speaker.
1: And this is kind of why we always recommend if you can having some sort of like pre-interview interview interview or pre-recording interview where you can really understand like the personality of what you can expect from your guest. Especially if you're going to contract a writer out there, you want to make their job as easy as possible to essentially make this individual interesting or the topic interesting. And if you don't do that, you're kind of now at the liberty of, all right, well, how can I make this more or less interesting? I challenge everybody listening to if you like how I built this is a great narrative-driven podcast. I promise you, everyone on there has done pre-interviews, but for the episodes that you tend to hear a lot more of Guy Raz's voice or a lot more background noise, that's probably because they had to—they weren't dealing with the most compelling person as an individual. Their story was compelling, but they had to do a little bit more production value to make it interesting.
0: Sometimes you get. You know, the, the guest who is given to the the one word answer, you know, you try to coach them before, whether it's you as the writer or the, you know, the, the company that's doing the podcast or you yourself as the, you know, as the producer, TJ and Julian, you know, you try to coach them, but that may not be their personality. And because we're not interviewing celebrities that we all kind of know, you know, you're rolling that dice every single time. But yeah, I mean, that's like you, the guy, you know, the, the, how I built this is a great example. There are some episodes that you want to say they write themselves and you don't, you know, guy doesn't have to do much at all. And others, you really see him shouldering the, you know, shouldering the load.
2: Yeah. One of the things that I want to touch on as well is like pre-interviews are definitely key. You know, if you are reaching out to, you know, CMOs or executives at companies who you want to have on your podcast, it might be tough to get their time twice right? For the interview and a pre-interview. So one tactic that we'd recommend is do some homework. If you know, they're that interesting of an individual, at least on paper, there's a good likelihood that they've been on other podcasts. So do your homework to see and listen, does that, does their energy fit the energy of your show? If not, then you can prepare. But I think exactly to, to what both you, TJ and Jack were talking about, you know, if you're going through the interview and you hear that it doesn't feel like there's a lot of energy, You don't want to scrap the interview, right? Because you've asked this, you know, CMO of this large company to come on, but you lean into somebody like a Jack to be like, Jack, you got to make this happen for us. And you got to make sure that that narrator is your guy, Roz, or somebody who can bring that energy. So that might be a good transition to understand who are narrators or what type of attributes do narrators have, Jack, that you like to write for that make your job a little bit easier.
0: I suppose it's obvious to say a, a good voice. A voice for radio so to speak but they don't have to have been like a theater kid in high school but but it kind of helps like if they know how to enunciate if they can sense the i don't want to oversell what we do but if they can sense the drama building in a certain paragraph and they can kind of take you on a on a bit of a audible journey they're reading lines essentially and so if they can pick up on the nuance That's what I'm looking for. You know, you don't want somebody who obviously is going to get up there and deliver a teleprompter speech, you know, somebody who, who kind of knows how to read with voice and nuance and flair, I guess, is the the best way to describe it.
2: Yeah. And and when we're talking with clients about, you know, recruiting talent to help bring their podcast to life, I think, you know, one of the prerequisites could be like, were you in theater in high school? (laughs) You can ask that question. Absolutely. You know, you have those culture carriers that are vocal within your company and i think that's a great place for people to start to try to find somebody or if you have the budget to do so then you can look for some external voice talent but why not give the shot to somebody internally first
0: right exactly who does you know who's your go-to person to deliver a slide deck you know presentation who's your go-to person to give any sort of presentation, really, let's start with that person, you know what I mean? And, you know, see if they're, see if they're interested, seeing if, if the skill that they have in, in, in front of a group of 10 people translates into, you know, into this format. Absolutely.
1: So one of the challenges, and Julian alluded to it a little bit, is that oftentimes you can have a guest on who has been a guest on multiple different podcasts. And so what that creates, as you can imagine, is a lot of repetition in terms of the story that they're telling in the narrative around, you know, their their arc as a professional from a young child going into college, going into, you know, starting a business as an example. Like we've seen that arc t- time and time again. What do you as a writer try to accomplish when you're when you're dealing with somebody and we had to deal this with one of our shows a couple of different times where we were dealing with like either CEOs or someone who is, you know, had a book written about them and was a you know a, a ESPN analyst. What can you do to be creative and really allow yourself to tell something that's a bit different from what's already been told?
0: Well, you want to find you wanna find the part that's different. I mean, keep in mind that that you know, if you're if you're doing a podcast for a company, their lane is going to be pretty niche as opposed to, you know, somebody who may have had a New Yorker profile written on them and, and they're on your show, you know? So a lot of the things that would be relevant to in one channel may not be relevant in another and vice versa, something that the New Yorker or who, you know, whatever other show podcast they might've been on or article that might've been written about them, they may not care about the nitty gritty about their business. So, you know, you have to understand what, what you, the the company wants, or if you're an agency, what the client wants, what's the overarching theme of the podcast in general, find the areas where this person who, you know, yes, there's been plenty written about them, or they've appeared on other podcasts, and that story has been told, their their hero's journey has been told before, you know, you you downplay that a little bit, you got to tell it, but you then seize on the stuff that you know, that isn't the low hanging fruit, the, the the stuff that is the uh, more compelling to your listeners, that's more specific to your industry or, you know, the reason why you had them on your show in the first place.
2: One of my fears with somebody listening to this episode is that they're going to get really excited about creating a, a podcast with narration, which is phenomenal. You know, I think, you know, how I built this is phenomenal. The podcast that we've partnered with you on is very, very strong, but it's a lot of work. And so I, I think it's important for us to, dis, to disclose how much work goes into it from not only booking the guests, but then all the way to where you're going back and retaking you know, parts of it to get that narration. would love to, for you to speak about that process a little bit. And you know, TJ, since you and Jack have worked closest on that particular project, I'd love for you two to kind of go back and forth and talk about that process, because I think it will be really helpful to our listener.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the one thing that was really interesting about this project, and we can name it because it's live out there. It's called Ground Truth by Dog Patch Advisors, and they contracted Studio Pod to be the production team. So essentially, what we had done is we had some basic questions that Jack specifically had written up about a guest. And this particular show was very focused on outbound sales, so something that, would, that was very niche, as Jack mentioned. And so we had to make this interesting. And I wanted to do a How I Built This Style podcast. So we had the different questions that we would ask, and we spent spend about an hour doing a recording with with the particular guest where two of the hosts are just going back and forth with them, getting the answers that they hoped to get. And then afterwards, it's kind of like, here you go, Jack. Here's all the audio. Let's transcribe it. Let's create a podcast. And then it was off to Jack to, to make it interesting. And it was a challenge for you. And I don't want to put words in your mouth because each person was different. We definitely had episodes where, wow, this is an amazing guest. Like we have something real here. And there were other times we were like, shit, we got to, we got to put some legwork in.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest challenge when you, when the, you get the, when you get the, the transcript of, of that interview, it's the biggest difference from, from the type of writing you might be used to, you know, an ebook or a blog post or a news article or whatever that may be it's the biggest difference and it's also the biggest challenge to overcome when you sit down to write a narrated podcast is that you're writing something that someone else is going to be reading out loud. That's an enormous shift in perspective. As a writer, you're not writing for the eyes, you're writing for the ears and it turns out that's a completely different thing. You know, when we're writing casually and by that like casually I mean anything in a non-academic or professional way like you know so like a blog post or even a cold sales email outreach i mean when you're writing casually you, you often strive or want to try to write the way you talk but writing for a narrator forces you to think of what that really means like what does it mean to write how we talk and even when you're thinking about that or when you're thinking that you're writing how you talk when you hear it back to you no you're st- we're still guilty of writing with using clichés that we don't necessarily say out loud but we we read and writing read in print all the time stilted syntax and turns of phrases that we that look good on paper but don't sound good out loud it happens all the time that's the biggest shift that you have to get your head around when you first see a transcript is how is this going to sound how am i going to make the narr- narrator sound like these words should be coming out of their mouth.
1: And we were lucky enough to work with Mercy Bell, who was the narrator on that show, Ground Truth. And she had a ton of experience and she was exactly what you had mentioned earlier, where she had a great voice for radio, but she also provided input. If there was something that was written that didn't feel right to her, even though it was written as it was meant for her to speak it. She's like, I'm going to switch this up. I'm going to cut this out. She'd let me know. Yeah, <laughs> she, she let you know she was interactive and we're there too. And like all the three of us. So the narrator, the writer and the production team were all there like collaborating and that's how you make one of these podcasts. And to be quite honest, you go and back and you listen to how I built this or another narrative style podcast. They have the team that's double the size that's working on a show like that. So we were pretty lean you know, you know, creating that type of series. The one thing I do want to hit on is that a main focus of having a a really good narrative-driven episode or show is like you stay within the topic and theme of what you want to talk about, right? Oftentimes, you know, you want to tell, you know, boil the ocean, you know, an old sales term that we like to use, boil the ocean with everything that we can... <laughs> that we could just provide, you know, or bombard our audience with. But like, if you can just stay narrow, stay niche, it really helps the content writer. It really helps the production team. It really just helps the host really focus on what it is that you want to create. I mean, do you agree with that, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: I can remember one episode I that I, I worked on, and this woman had a had a you know a great story to tell, and and I mean going all going all the way back to college and how she ended up in sales and and. It was really, really interesting. But as a trained journalist, I was a journalist for 15 years before I did any of this. My first instinct is to seize on that and be like, oh, that's a great story. But it didn't necessarily stay in the lane that the client wanted to stay in. And so I had to learn how to sort of realize that the entirety of the 45 minute conversation that we had was not going to make it onto the air. And that's, the, that's part of the job of the narrator. The, the narrator is a device. We are all in the service of the guest and the narrator is a device to keep the story moving, to keep us centered. And I can, you know, I can explain my process of, of, of how, I, how I break it down, like what the narrator should say and what the guest should say, but that's, that is at the focus is anytime we're not in the lane, but we still need to get from point A to point B. That's the narrator's job. Then that's when you write for the narrator to skip over 10 years of the person's life in 90 seconds.
2: Yeah. And I mean, we would love to, to get insight into that process. And one thing I'll just add again real quick, you know, the production team, the writer, the narrator, they all need to be on the same page. It is helpful when you have a narrator that works at the company, because in this case, she has a pretty good idea of the focus of where they're trying to get. But in lieu of that, when you don't have that person who's a part of the company, but they just have a killer voice and they're externally, you know, we really lean on our clients to inform us with as much as they can about their business and what they're trying to accomplish. So that, you know, TJ as the person in production, Jack as the writer, you know, Mercy as the narrator, they can know that like, okay, like this is what the client wants, like, let's get there. And as you mentioned, like where we are in service of the guest, and, you know, leveraging like all three devices to then leverage the narrator as a device to really bring that together. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, we'd love for you to highlight that process without giving away your secret sauce and <laughs> hopefully you know, get you some clients from this. <laughs>
0: sure. Well, the first thing that I do once I get the raw audio from the interview is I get it transcribed. And I like to get it transcribed by a human. So I have a transcript that I then just dump into a doc. And then I've got... I mean, and these things are not small. The 10-minute interview is... Thousands of words, way bigger than what you think it is. So, you know, when you're when you have when you meet for forty five minutes or or in some cases ninety minutes with a guest, I mean, you, you've got a monster monster document on your hand, twenty thousand words, forty thousand words. The first thing I do is I sit down and and I start to read it, and sometimes I'll go through it a couple of times, and then I start to color code it, and it's really simple. I mean, there's two colors: there's narrator and guest, and so I first start with the guest. I, I, try, I go through and I look for, you know, what are those great moments? Hopefully I was involved in the recording of the interview, not always, but if I was, then it's going to be a lot easier because I was able to take notes. I was able to timestamp stuff in real time and say, that was a great line. That was a great anecdote. I want, you know, and I can find that easily. If not, then again, I'm just, I'm just going through, you know, looking for the the 10 best moments for that person, like that person's best spoken moments. I highlight those in green, and that that means guest. And so the, the re- what's left, the the white space on this monster document, it's probably going to end up being the narrator. But a lot of it's going to end up being cut. And then I have to go through the white and decide which parts of this do we need to to kind of can we completely cut? Which parts do we need to gloss over uh, quickly via narration? And what parts do we really have to explain? Because a lot of times the expert guest might underexplain something thinking that he's in a room full of like-minded people who understand whatever the topic is. There's three things that you have to do. You cut, you kind of quickly gloss over and then you you explain to sort of tee up the expertise. I try to get away from letting the speaker deliver too many nitty-gritty facts, too much data. That can easily be done by the narrator but you have to understand it. And so in, in the moments where you're explaining, teeing up something so you can have the guest deliver the, the punctuation or the, the, the really great quote, the great analysis, you know, a guest's job is to analyze. Our job is to explain, if that makes sense. Um, so that's, that's basically what, I mean, and then, it, then it's just a whittling process. And throughout that process, once I start highlighting the yellow for the, for the narrator, I might realize that's too much for the narrator that's, you know, let's see what else the guest said. And I, you know, look at it and say, okay, I can have that. I can extend that quote a little longer. You want to make sure the guest is heard. You don't want to overuse the the narrator and, and vice versa. I mean, you can also find that, that, you know, well, there's way too much from the, from the guest in here. I need to, to use the narrator, but it's a whittling down process from there. And then comes the writing then comes. All right. So now I have had to take this chunk of yellow that is all in the words of the guest and paraphrase it over explain it in some cases dumb it down in some cases make sure i really really explain it you know until you get down to the bottom and then you know it goes to production and then you start cutting you know like you know it's it's probably going to be too long and and so then you start you know finding those areas where you can where you can keep trimming at the margins
1: I love that. That's such a great inside baseball look into a writer's process, and and kind of hopefully gives the audience an idea of what goes into it, right? Just the process of alone of, of transcribing it and getting you know these thousands and thousands of words from a very short podcast and trying to make something compelling of it is hours and hours worth of work and not easily done. I have just one more question on my end for you for you, Jack, before I hand it over to Julian. But let's say. You have a company that comes to you and they're like, we love this podcast. It could be like, we love the Joe Rogan podcast and we want to create our, you know, a style of our company that has to deal with something that's not the most compelling topic. You know, what recommendation would you give a company who's trying to do this for B2B purposes and, you know, gain clients for it? So not maximum audience exposure, but really just have a targeted approach with it. What would you recommend to them if they want to get started with their podcast?
0: I guess the biggest piece of advice is to to understand that even if you have a concept of you know, what you want it to be, and it's something that's uh, that's a very well-known podcast that we all know, or lots of people know, it, it would be to, to understand, though, that your audience is still going to be niche, right? That you're not going to have broad appeal, nor should you seek it. And that translates then into expectations for the guests for the 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 interview for what you're going to get out of the interview I don't mean to say that you're you're you know setting them up to be so they they're not surprised when they're disappointed I mean that you can get something really really compelling if you understand exactly who you're talking to and exactly who you're communicating to that your story doesn't have to be a hero's journey it can just be a really smart person who is an expert in your area that hundreds, maybe thousands of listeners will want to hear from.
1: And the benefit there too is, is while this, if you're an organization or someone from an organization who's thinking about starting their podcast and you're listening to, you know, Julian and I and and Jack talk about this process, the benefit here is while you are going to have a smaller audience, you're creating another arm of your business or brand awareness to drive those prospects through the funnel. So perhaps you want to give someone this podcast or this episode to a client who's thinking about purchasing something similar to what an existing client had already purchased, or perhaps you're just trying to drive more down the top of the funnel, the resources and the time and the monetary investment that you make is very minimal compared to, let's say, a small event that you want to put together or a conference that you want to put together. So the return that you're going to get is astronomical, especially if you come from the SaaS business that I worked in for you know 10 plus years making that investment to a podcast, all you need is one, maybe two clients to then make the podcast worth tenfold.
2: Yeah, and I'll add to that, TJ, in regards to exactly what you're talking about in terms of like that return. So at the very beginning of this, Jack was talking about you're interviewing people anyway for a blog post, right? So why not record it with a camera on and audio recording in the background? So now, out of the gates, you have the ability to have audio you have the ability to have video, you have the ability to go back and write something as well. And so I think that is something that's extremely important to touch on. And then, you know, I guess to take a a step back and kind of lean a little bit more into that, Jack, when you talk about B2B and and the, the, the value of it and TJ hit on it in terms of the return you can have versus having a large conference, why is storytelling such an important piece of B2B marketer having a conversation with another business and getting them to potentially become a customer of theirs. You
0: know, I talk about this a lot with with writers who are maybe worried about how to, you know, they're they're stumped or they're they're worried about how to tackle a particular project that they're on, or maybe they filed a first draft and it didn't quite hit the mark. I tell them a lot that so much of business-to-business selling is about problem solving. You know, most of the companies we're writing for sell products that literally call themselves solutions (laughs) so it's about problem solving so content marketers have a a built-in narrative hook for anything that they're writing you know how to solve the problem that is a story that there's a beginning and a middle and an end that is a narrative arc you know that's storytelling and you're solving a problem and you're showing a potential customer how your company can solve the problem depending on how far down the funnel you are, uh, whether you want the or how far down the funnel you want the piece to be. Or just kind of like alerting them to the fact that there is a problem. <laughs> that maybe you don't even know it yet. And there is a solution that does exist. And oh, by the way, you happen to be on the website of a company that does that, you know? But from a storytelling standpoint, I mean it's a a very common dramatic device, whether it's a love story or a mystery or a murder, you know, an action film, or there's a MacGuffin somewhere that, you know, they got to get to the thing, you know, it's all about, (laughs) it's all about problem solving. And that's, that's what I try to get writers to think about is solve the problem and then unpack it for the reader. You know, how the, how they, how the company discovered the problem, how they, how they solved the problem. It can be, I'm going to take you back to the beginning and explain how the problem was manifesting and what it was doing to our company and how we fixed it, you know, that's one way of doing it. Another is, you know, we talk to a company's customers, we tell customer stories. And you know, one of our customers had this problem. Here's what it looked like, and here's how it was affecting their team. I and mean, here's how our product solved that problem. We're unpacking that problem and solving it. And in the process, we're telling a story with a beginning and a middle and an end. You can play with form. You know, there's creative muscles you can flex. uh, Certainly, depending on the the brand voice, or if you're an agency, the company that you're you're, working, the the client that you're working with. But the to narrow it down, you know, to get it down to the screws, it's solve the problem. That's that's what storytelling does.
2: Yeah. So if I if I if I could summarize, storytelling equals problem solving, which in turn equals thought leadership, which is a phrase that you use at the top of this. So, I mean, this has been absolutely phenomenal, Jack. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Hopefully this acts as a storytelling tool or device that will allow for us both to get some customers out of it. So I think there's plenty of nuggets that will help the you know, curious and scrappy podcasters. So really appreciate you joining us.
1: Cool. Go ahead and listen to Ground Truth, the podcast that was produced by StudioPod and written by Jack. You'll get a taste of his capabilities and how we collaborate together. And of course, if you want to reach out to StudioPod, Julian and I, go to studiopodsf.com. Pod on. Every episode of the Pod On podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod Media. For more information about our work and our clients, go to studiopodsf.com. Shout out to Gary Oakland for the fire track. Gary-o!